Welcome to Hebrew Bible Insights, a podcast about making sense of the Hebrew Bible. I'm your host, Matthew Delaney. Thanks for joining the podcast. I love getting to have conversations about uh, so many of the amazing stories and poems of the Bible and how they challenge and inspire me to love God and to love others. I teach Hebrew at university, and I'm currently uh, on the way to finishing my master's degree in biblical literature and biblical languages. I'm a huge nerd about this kind of stuff, and I find it absolutely fascinating. So I have this podcast to simply share some of the thoughts that I have, and I hope it's a blessing to you. In this episode, I'm going to do the conversation that I do with all of my classes on the first week. This is the first if you will, Hebrew Bible insight that I share. And it's actually from the New Testament, and it's about the name of Jesus. Why is Jesus' name Jesus? And uh, I think it'll be a fascinating conversation and one that leads us directly to the heart of the gospel. So uh, if this is a blessing to you, sharing this is great. would love for this to get to reach more people. If anyone wants to listen to the podcast, you can find Apple, Google, and Spotify Podcasts. You can also find me on Facebook at Hebrew Bible Insights. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. So why is Jesus' name Jesus? It's a question that maybe you've asked before, maybe you never have. I mean, we just maybe you grow up or when you join Christian faith, it's just like, oh, Jesus, got it, cool. All right, I understand. His name is Jesus. He's great. He's the best. I love the name of Jesus. We sing songs about the name of Jesus and how amazing his name is. Have you ever thought, what does his name mean? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode, and it's going to lead us to the heart of the gospel. So I think it's helpful to start first off with just the meaning of any name in general. Think about uh, what names have meaning. Uh, Imagine uh, a group of people, like for example, when I teach and I have a class, Uh, And I'll ask people, how many of your names mean something? And then I'll have them tell me their name. But before they say what it means, I ask uh, the rest of the group, do you know what their name means? And what we end up finding is that names can have meaning for two different reasons. One is their name means something in the target language. Or someone's name means something in a different language that their name originally comes from. So for whatever reason, in a lot of American English-speaking cultures, it seems that most English names, they mean something because it comes from a different culture. Uh, And so an example of this uh, would be someone whose name is Sophia. And Sophia, maybe you've looked at before, means wisdom. But how do we know that? Is there just some random group of people who have a business online? They just decide what names will mean or the, the people who write the, the you know, book of baby names, they just decide to create random names with random meaning, and then everyone just decides to adopt that it's true. That's not how it works. So Sophia is originally a Greek word, and in Greek, it simply means wisdom. It's as simple as that. So uh, what are some English names that have meaning that's explicit and clear to English speakers? It would be names like Hunter, Faith, or Hope. And we know exactly what their names mean. In fact, if I were to ask someone named Hope, hey, Hope, what does your name mean? It would be absurd to you guys because it's, of course, very clear. Or if I said a sentence like, Hope was hoping that something good would happen. You guys wouldn't be confused or baffled at what I was saying. You'd understand there's someone's named Hope. 
and her name means hope, and then there's a verb in that sentence that means, well, hope. But for a lot of English people, we're used to, uh, English-speaking people, we're used to names that they tend to mean something only because of a different language. So we're used to the idea that, oh, names probably mean something, but it's almost, it feels cryptic and secret, like you'd have to ask someone, you'd have to look something up, and it feels mysterious and mystical to us almost. Because most of us, we don't get training in language or language history or the connection of languages. And so we basically just think that name just somehow mystically, magically means something. But that's not how the meanings of names actually work. So uh, whenever you're reading, particularly the Old Testament, what you'll find is this, is that there are so many names in the Old Testament of characters in the Bible that their name means something. And it doesn't mean something in the way that Sophia's name means wisdom, but that Hunter's name means hunter, or Hope's name means hope, where for someone in a Hebrew-speaking audience, they would know what that person's name meant. And we see this in plenty of stories where their people's their name, what the meaning of their name actually impacts, or at least is connected to the story. So Daniel, for example, means God is my judge, Daniel, Don is judge, E is my, L is God. So uh, the word order is a little bit different there, but God is my judge. And it's connected to all of Daniel's challenges in his life. Very interesting. And so sometimes we uh, just run into a character, they have a name, you learn what it means, and it becomes very fascinating for the story like Daniel. There are other times when we actually are given the birth narrative, we're told when someone is born, why they were named something. So, for example, Levi, uh, his mother Leah, uh, giving birth to him, one of a number of kids that she had, and her husband hated her, Jacob, and she's trying to earn his love, earn his attention. And so she has Levi, I forget which kid in order this is, she already had multiple kids at this point, but she calls him Levi. And she says, perhaps because, and she says, now perhaps my husband will yilave. Perhaps he will attach himself, connect himself to me. And so, when you read that in English, though, you don't see the connection. But reading in Hebrew, the name and the verb of the sentence that she said, it comes from the same root word. And so, Levi's name basically means to connect or to attach. So it's of course a very sad story why Leah named uh, Levi that. What you end up seeing later is that the Levites, they're the ones who become the priests. And so one way of looking at what's the job of a priest is, well, it's to connect people to God. I think there's an interesting principle there, I think, for modern people to realize that that's kind of, I think, what some of the Great Commission is about. It's about connecting people to God. God called the Israelites at Sinai, the whole nation, to be a nation of priests. And so we are too, in some way, as we follow Jesus. So now let's get back to Jesus' name, though. Um, why is his name Jesus? Well, if you go to a verse in the New Testament, which, by the way, I should pause and give a preface point here. The New Testament was originally written in Greek. Okay, so uh, the Hebrew language is not where we're specifically looking at here. But there's something that's good to know, is that just because a, a story is written in a certain language doesn't mean that the story happened in that language. Let me give an example. Uh, the place I teach, we have students from all over the world who speak uh, all sorts of different languages. Now, let's say one of, one of my students um, is a Mexican, and he's telling me about a story 
that happened between he and one of his friends or family members from Mexico. And it, let's say it was really funny or really interesting, whatever it was. And of course, that story happened. Let's say he tells me they were talking in Spanish. Now, if he's going to retell me that story, is he going to tell me that story in Spanish? No, because I don't understand that. He's going to tell me the story in English, even though it originally happened in a different language. So throughout the biblical story, uh, there are different languages being spoken. Uh, but when the stories are written, and so what we have in the Bible is most of the, of the stories are written in Hebrew, a small percentage in Aramaic, and the New Testament in Greek. But during the time of Jesus in Judea, where he's from, there's probably multiple languages going on here. You have Aramaic, which was the language of the previous empire before Greece, uh, before Rome, before Greece. Persia, they use Aramaic as their primary language, uh, as well as did probably Babylon before them. So that was a huge language in the Middle East, and it still had a huge lingering effect. So in that region, you're going to speak Aramaic. Uh, Greek was, of course, important because of the impact of, of the, the Greek Empire and the Romans were still using it for this area. But then also the language that was the kind of viewed as like the, the maybe the, the mother language or like the mother tongue language uh, for or their tribe language, you could say, maybe for the Judean people was Hebrew. So we're about to read something from the Greek New Testament that, uh, of course, is written in Greek. But I think this story only makes sense if if we see this as being a conversation that happened in Hebrew. And I'll explain why later. So here is an angel that appears to Joseph, Jesus' dad. And he says this about Mary. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, I think most of us, we read this and we're just like, yeah, awesome, Jesus, he's the best. He's going to save everyone. Yay, this is great. Let's keep reading. But if you actually take a moment just to pause and just think logically for a minute about how this doesn't make sense, what's written here. This really doesn't uh, because normally when you have the word for or because, there's actually a connection. Think about this. You're going to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Where's the connection? How does this make any sense? Well, uh, in Greek, you have the same problem. Uh, there's not a connection in Greek that would make sense. And uh, in Aramaic, this also wouldn't make sense, but in Hebrew, it would. And so... Jesus, if you take the name Jesus that in Greek, uh, and then you look at the Septuagint, the ancient translation of the, old, of the Old Testament that happened before the time of Jesus, you can see what Jesus' Hebrew name would have been, Yeshua. And what does Yeshua mean? Well, Hebrew is really fun with how root words work, by the way, where every word has a root word, uh, every verb that is, and almost every noun and adjective. And then you augment it by adding a letter here, adding a letter there to give it a certain nuanced meaning. Uh, so, for example, this is kind of a little fun exercise I do with people to show something cool about Hebrew. If you imagine the English sentence, an author tells a story in a book. Imagine the letters of that sentence. I ask my students, do you see a pattern in the letters? And generally my students will say something like, oh, the letter A. Okay, that's the most common answer I get. An author tells a story in a book. So you have one, two, three, four times letter A appears. So then I write the sentence in Hebrew for them. At this point, they don't know any Hebrew, but that's okay. They just follow the shapes. And in Hebrew, you have sofer misaper sipur basefer. Now, if you were to see that sentence in writing, then here's what you would see. Is that every word 
has a letter that looks more or less like a circle. Every single word of that sentence. There's also one that looks kind of like a like a squiggle swooping letter. It's a letter pay. Every single word has that letter. And then there's another letter that is the letter resh. It looks like a backwards R. And my students slowly they they see even though they don't know they even though they don't know any Hebrew they see those three letters are appearing in every single word. They're not only appearing in every single word. They're appearing in the exact same order. That's what root words are. And so it becomes, okay, how is this working? It's pretty crazy that every word in that sentence would have the same root. Now, I need to tell you, that's not, that's very rare that something like that would happen, but I use this to illustrate a point. How in Hebrew, the root word is safar. And it's a root word, and from this, we get the word for book, the word for story, the word for to tell something, the word for school, word for author. And is it a surprise that these words are connected? No. Yet in English, if you see these words, how they're written, you, we don't see how linguistically these words are connected to each other. So it's kind of a cool thing about Hebrew. So once you learn root words, uh, you can actually start guessing what words mean. Not like you'll be right, but once you learn, it's like, oh, it makes sense why this word means that. You can look at verbs, nouns, and adjectives. It's pretty cool. So the root word of Jesus' name is yasha. And what words do we get from this? We get the verb, two different verbs. We get the verb yasha and the verb hoshia, which both mean to save. We get the noun moshia, which means savior. We get a noun yesha, which means salvation or help. And we get the noun yeshua uh, or yeshua, which means salvation. So what does Jesus' name mean? It basically means salvation. That's basically what Jesus' name means. And I need to be clear about this. It doesn't mean salvation in the way that Sophia's name means wisdom to an English speaker. It means salvation in the way that someone whose name is Hope means hope. So when Jesus is in primarily in Judea doing a lot of his ministry, for any of the people who would have spoken Hebrew, it is very clear what his name means. So let's say Jesus were to appear in America in the 21st century instead of in Judea a long time ago at the you know, at the turn of the, the BCAD time. Jesus, here's what this would have been. This conversation between the angel and Joseph would have gone like this. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Salvation, for he will save his people from their sins. So Jesus would have introduced himself saying, Hey, my name's Salvation, how are you? Hey, I'm Salvation, how are you? People would have heard, Oh, hey, there's this, there's this guy coming to speak at a conference. Who is it? Uh, oh, uh, it's salvation. Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, I think he's going to talk about, what do, you, what do you think he's going to talk about? This is what I love about this. God is not trying to hide his plan. Yes, the we read in the New Testament that there are people who expected the Messiah to be a certain way or a certain thing. Yes, of course, there were misconceptions or things that were understood. But overall, what we see is, what's the the purpose? What's the goal here? The angel says it clearly. You name him salvation because he will save his people from their sins. That is the mission of Jesus. So I want to go to one other story that I find really interesting. In Luke 19, you have the famous story of, of Jesus and Zacchaeus. And there's a man who, who basically has been corrupt in his life and broken and taken advantage of people. And Jesus says, I'm going to go to your house. And uh, Jesus goes to his house. We don't know what happened on the inside of the house, but af at the afterward, 
Whatever it was, Zacchaeus experienced Jesus. And that experience led to transformation. And at the end of the story that Luke writes about, Jesus says this, Today salvation has come to this house. Today salvation has come to this house. And whenever I read this, I, I ask myself, what is he talking about? What does he mean salvation is, is, has come to this house? I think he's talking about himself. And so one idea that I think is important to get from this is that, I'll word it this way, salvation is not primarily a set of ideas or concepts or behaviors or rules. Salvation is a person, but not just any person. Salvation is specifically the person of Jesus. So for us to experience salvation, it's about getting connected to Jesus himself. And that is what leads to our forgiveness of sins and us being able to be with God again. And yes, of course, there are ideas and concepts and things that come in with that. But it's all about Jesus and our relationship with him. So what's cool is that Jesus is actually given two names in some of these early gospel narratives. Some of you may also remember that he is also to be called Emmanuel. Now, when you read this part, the translators actually tell us, the, the Greek authors actually tell us what that means. They say, which means God with us. For anyone who knows Hebrew, it's like, of course, that's what it means. Emmanuel. Im is with. Anu uh, is, the, is what's attached to Im to make it with us. And then El is God. Emmanuel. With us, God. So God is with us. And really, those two names of Jesus tell the whole gospel story. Jesus is named salvation because he will save us from their sins. And he's called Emmanuel because the ultimate goal of all this is that we can be with God. That we, because that's what God's goal was from the very beginning. He wanted to dwell with his people. And when that was fractured, the whole goal came to be where God can dwell again. And so you have in some of the gospel writers talking about Jesus tabernacled among us, how God tabernacled among us, uh, how he dwelled with us. And there's coming a time uh, when Jesus will come again. You can see in the end of Revelation when God, when we will experience God in a whole new level of intimate way. But anyhow, that's the mission. That's what Jesus has done. He saved us from our sins so that way we can be with God again. And that's why Jesus is named Jesus. His original name is Yeshua, which means salvation. So uh, this to me is just a great reminder about that it's ultimately what it's about is about getting connected to the person of Jesus. That salvation is not just me thinking all of these ideas or I collect a list of thoughts and I just choose to say, okay, I believe in all of these concepts and thoughts and ideas. It's about getting connected to Jesus and everything else flows from there. So that's a little insight for you. Uh, if you have any questions or thoughts on any of this stuff, please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at uh, Hebrew Bible Insights, um, and I would be more than happy to connect with you. So uh, thanks for listening to today's conversation, and I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Uh, again, you can find this podcast at Apple, Google, and Spotify Podcasts. Uh, the Hebrew Bible Insights Podcast, a podcast all about making sense of the Hebrew Bible. It's been a blessing to you. Sharing is very helpful. 
and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.